Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we have Rohit Nair. And Rohit and I cross paths on Twitter. He's a Rockstar Inner Circle member, but I didn't really know him too well. Um, but on Twitter, we kind of just, I don't know, started communicating back and forth a little bit and just got to know him a little bit better, sat down and had a coffee a little while ago, and just asked if he would come on and share his story. And the reason that I wanted him to share his story is because he came to Canada a few years ago and he outlines why he decided with his wife to come to Canada. And I think sometimes Canadians who are born here, like myself and Nick, Sometimes I think Canadians don't see the forest for the trees. They don't see the opportunity that Canada presents to all of us. And we truly believe you can absolutely live life on your terms. And this is a great place to do it. Actually, wherever you are in the world, you can live life on your terms. But I mean, it's possible right here. So to get him to share his story and his thinking really was of interest to us. And that's why I'm very grateful and thankful to share this episode with you. So Rohit talks about his journey to Canada, finding Rockstar, kind of that that evolution. He talks about some options trading that he's doing now. He talks about some naturopathic medicine, why he's taking care of his body. We talk about gold. We talk about Bitcoin. So we cover all the bases. So we're really grateful and excited to share this chat with you. And if you are listening to this and you're wondering what is happening in the real estate market and why are prices the way they are? One of the factors you should understand is the attractiveness of Canada and the immigration that we get here and the, the high quality of immigration that we get here. We have put some of the data around this in our population report that you can get at www.rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. So you can get a copy of that population report at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. Because if you're wondering what's going on in the real estate market, you know, there are a couple big factors, interest rates, supply of housing, you know, things like the COVID will change where the demand is currently falling and that kind of thing. But one of the bigger fundamentals is just the population growth that we have in this area. So in that report, we've documented it. We're always updating it. You can get a copy of that at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. That's it for the intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. We are live with Rohit. And I know you just told me, and I know I'm going to mess it up. Nair. There you go. Are you sure? Absolutely. You say your last name. Rohit Nair. Yeah, Nair. Okay, hey, Rohit Nair. It. So uh, I'm pumped to do this. Okay. Thank you for, for being here. Really excited. I have to do this. Tom, can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you. Yeah, Nick is going to be so... I don't know if Nick's going to be happy that you did that or he's going to be very disappointed in me that you did that and that people are still doing that. That totally can hear you. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I only did that because I, yours is one of the podcasts uh, out of five that I listen to regularly, right? It just... Uh, I just laugh away when Nick does that to you. So I had to do it. It's funny because <laughs> when I first did that to Nick, like he would get so angry that, you know, he would just stare me down. Like, why are you don't ever ask me that again? And now finally, he's kind of caught on to it a little. He's, he's a little calmer. You know, between us, Nick's a little more intense. Out of the two sure. of us, he, I, I, I he's get more it. intense. But I was just saying, just as we're talking here and we're going to work our way into your story, just, you know, um, this is probably going to go out, uh, you know, not the day we're recording it. But as of right now, we are in January 2021 and the real estate market, I'll just explain to you is absolutely insane. Like if 
Rohit, if you see what we're seeing out there, like we are, we, we, you know, there, we're having some properties that are getting 188 showings over the weekend. We had people booking 10 minute time slots to, right. to jump into a kitchen or townhome. Right. We're seeing properties in Niagara region sell for easily $100,000 over what they're asking. And the property needs tons of work. We're seeing in Burlington, Ontario, 50 offers on a semi-detached house. 51 offers actually on a semi-detached house. Wow. Like what we're seeing on the outskirts of kind of the GTA is absolutely insane. So I was just, uh, and the reason I'm sharing that with everyone listening is I was just explaining to Rohit that like the the brokerage, you know, we've been around for some time now sure. uh, and, and we've been in real estate ourselves, you know, Nick and I have been in real estate ourselves for 20 years. The brokerage sure. has been around for about 12 years now. Right. Our family's been involved in real estate for, um, you know, our mom was renting out properties in the 1970s. Oh, wow. We've never seen anything like this. Like this is intense. So uh, anyway, just wanted to share that with you. Yeah, it's, it's. I keep tabs on what's happening on the market. Um, it's pretty intense to me as an outsider. You're in the industry, so you you know better. But it's just crazy, the market that's that's happening right now. And um, I hear of friends who want to buy, and they can't, they can't find a property which lasts in the market, right? And if it lasts, they want to push their budget up because that, that's the kind of offers that they're seeing now. Um, yeah. yeah. So this is, and this is why I'm pumped to have you here. I think a lot of times, how long have you been in Canada now? How many years? Four years now. Four years. Yep. And you were originally from? So I'm from Mumbai, India. I'm, so I'm a res, I've been born and brought up in Mumbai, India. I'm oh, from the there's southern... some politics here. Okay. Yeah. Well, explain, explain. Uh, yeah. yeah I you know, to... no, every country has its politics. <laughs> Please go away, go with it. So I'm, I'm a South Indian per se. So I'm, I from the state of Kerala, but uh, I was born and brought up in Maharashtra where Mumbai is. Uh, all my life I've been there, but um, Canada is not the, well, I've been in the U.S. before. Uh, I studied there and then, you know, things happen and I landed up in Canada now. Uh, was it uh, was it easier to get into Canada? Is that why you ended up here? Well, it, it was easier, but uh, we, we never planned of migrating out, actually. It was just by chance that it happened. Uh, what happened was uh, I got married. <laughs> uh, that'll, always change that'll always change your well, plans right there no I, so what what did I want to say okay you, you gotta edit this now <laughs> no 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 you have added this is good <laughs> no um, so I um, actually left for the states for my higher studies after I, I worked a couple of years in the industry just before that was when I met my wife alright she was my then girlfriend we decided okay this is good for us and then uh, one thing led to the other next thing we know um, we're getting married so we got married and then life as usual back in India I left the states went back to India um, and it was when she got pregnant that we thought okay this is this is something that we need to uh, decide on and as to how to bring up our child mm, is being here right or should we venture out the only reason that came to mind was because I studied in the US and after marriage, we went to the U.S. for our honeymoon as well. So we, we knew sort of how North America worked and um, um, how things are there. Life's a little bit more convenient if you're willing to put in the hours and work, right? Um, 
So okay, we said okay. Well, let's consider it. So, so that's the primary reason that life is convenient. I guess I can interpret that to mean that you, you know, it's a little just uh, the lifestyle is a little, um, you know. I would there, say there's the, good banks and there's good, uh, you know, social networks in the system. So is that me, what you mean by convenience? Let me let me put it this way: the quality of life is better. Okay, you get um, for the similar uh, effort that you put into work. I'm not saying you're not rewarded back there, but uh, you kind of get a little bit more bang for your buck out here, is what I feel. People might differ because there are pros and cons to both being in India and being here. Uh, for example, we are spoiled. You get manpower for everything there, okay? You don't, <laughs> you don't need to do your own stuff. So quite often people don't leave India for that reason, okay? It, it, it happens, and quite rightly, it's, it's, it is convenient there, that way. But looking um, at what things were, a little more orderly, okay? cleaner air, things like that. Uh, we, made, we did a pro and con, and because it's a big move to move countries, right? Uh, what about safety? How is safety bringing up a family in India? Uh, so Mumbai is pretty safe. Is it? Okay. Mumbai is very safe. Okay. In fact, um, one, it's probably one of the safest cities in India. The other parts, not so much. I mean, depends which part you're talking about, right? For whom? Um, and what do you mean by not so much? Is it is it just is it like per, literally personal safety? Yeah, personal safety. So if you are a, a person of certain means, or if, if if you know you have some money, maybe maybe the threat of robbery is actually something you have to think about. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And uh, there are other things to which I'm not going to go into, but uh, crimes of different nature um, in different uh, different parts. Mumbai is particularly safe, and I love Mumbai for that matter. It's a city that never sleeps. Okay, people who aren't born there will not like the city, but I'm born there. I if I wanted to go back, that that's probably the city I want to go back to, right? Um, but coming back to uh, where we were, why why Canada and why here? Had I not studied in the U.S., we probably would not have taken this decision mm -hmm. because it's difficult to assume things and move out because we saw how things worked. You know, uh, the decision was slightly easier at that point. Um, and how was the application process to Canada? Oh, uh, faster than I imagined. And it got faster for people after me, right? Um, when From the point I applied to the point I got my permanent residency was about eight months. Wow. Yes, and particularly fast because both me and my wife are qualified. We I have my master's. She has her MBA. Um, she has a master's in commerce. Um Points Th this is what I say when I say the quality of immigration that Canada gets. Like, this is what makes me laugh because I'm like, the quality of immigration that we get in this country and is absolutely ridiculous. And you're right. And you're right because it's um, most of the immigrants that come, I see at least from what I can see on the face, are young people like us who have the knowledge and uh, the drive to do something. You're willing to work. You're willing to work, right? And put in the hours or, as long as you're rewarded for it. Again, Rewards were similar in India. Probably a little bit more work, I would say. Personally speaking, people might have different experiences. Um, so what about the cost for property? If you guys wanted to buy a family home in India, oh. so would it be in Mumbai that you would settle, do you feel? Well, Mumbai is super expensive. Mumbai is too expensive. Super expensive. I'm saying Mumbai. It's Mumbai. Yeah, Mumbai. Mumbai is too expensive. Super expensive. And, and how does the finance... So give me the example of like what's a condo, a two-bedroom condo or something like so that. I had one, luckily. as So... Uh, when we started working, when I, my wife, um, started working, we were, well, typically savers, let's say. Whatever we could, we put into a property at that point. We, at that point, was still affordable. Like, 
well not affordable you could it was within reach let's say um that one was when we got it was um how do i say in dollar amount it's 40 40 lakhs was 40 lakh rupees let's say that's uh, 4 million rupees okay okay i'm not going to convert it no and i don't yeah. have it in front of me either yeah 4 million rupees um i sold it for about 6 years after for more than well thrice that amount and at 4 million rupees that's uh so if i'm doing the conversion right it looks like that's about 70,000 canadian dollars correct does that, that sound was, about yeah, right yeah, yeah okay and when you sold it so that doesn't seem astronomical then for a two no, bedroom no but but in terms of what one makes yeah okay got it relative to the income so let's and say and then how but, does the lending work um so again uh, they they see your income they qualify you and all of that with the banks right um we had decent income both of us put together amount wasn't much at the time because the property prices really shot up after um at least in that location post 2012 we got it at 2008 9ish period okay and so in just a few years it went up three times well t- i sold it in 2000 well after i came here actually so 2017 okay so right. well, not six years a little bit more okay and then re- uh, the reason it went up that much was that also like a monetary policy in india thing is that because Mo- mumbai the population there just seems like it's insane so i don't know if it's a population thing and a monetary policy thing Wh- why do you think the price went up so much so inflation for sure right um typically the rbi does a better job of managing its deficits and it's one of the more saner central banks in the world from what i can see but the sheer growth there is a sane central bank oh my god <laughs> we got we got to check out india well, yeah, i'm joking i'm totally joking no it's it's so they are always criticized for being too conservative by the other central banks let's put it that way right um uh, we we had a really good governor in between was uh, raghuram rajan at the time um uh, he was also scouted by, um, by mark carney for bank of england okay got it right it, it, does he, a central banker in india are they must be partially pro gold how can a central banker in india not like gold okay, so, i feel like that culture your right, culture right must just they must be just in the community that everyone loves gold so even the central bankers in, no um everyone in india loves gold the central bankers know that okay and government the government's problem is that the savings of the uh, normal person is not coming back into the economy to the stock market or elsewhere because it all goes into gold right um uh, there uh, there was a s- statistic i read somewhere um in, privately in india if you take all the households together is the largest depository of gold in the world they have about 20000 tons not 20 tons 20000 tons I love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> right? So the the part of the effort uh, from the government is to monetize that to get it back into the economy. They they recently I think they launched uh, um, uh, a sovereign sell, sell your gold program. <laughs> no, sovereign gold bond, I think. You you know, um I think they Turkey did that. I'm not sure. One of the other country. So they they realize the value of gold. And we as as a child, I've grown up seeing my parents everyone around us right there are spe- specific days uh, auspicious days or festivals where you go and buy gold right if not a property or or a, or a valuable thing like a car or something like that 
um, you definitely go even if it's one gram. People so do you think is it, is it in the culture then to look at gold from the jewelry aspect of it, or and it must be a combo? Like it must be a jewelry aspect, but also you know that you are building up your wealth through owning this gold. Right, a large portion of Indian demand is jewelry. I, yeah, a large part, but but associated with the jewelry demand of gold, mm-hmm. is it in the back of everyone's mind that this is really building up our family's kind of worth owning this jewelry? Correct. Correct. Okay. So if that's the mindset of a typical Indian family, I'm not going to speak for everyone, then when they see a new development come out and if they can understand something like Bitcoin, would the people of India, do you think, be more predisposed to accepting Bitcoin as a store of value? Or is that just too much of a leap because gold's so much in the culture? So, um, because gold's value is going to be attributed to its scarcity, correct? And so you want it as jewelry, and then of course you're you're it's increasing your family's kind of net worth, correct? And then do you think that mental leap over to Bitcoin can be made easier because they're coming from that place? Because I feel like Canadians don't have that. Like no, the typical Canadian family is not sitting around. Hey, there's going to be a day of the year where guess what? We're going to buy gold. Right. You know, there's like that. <laughs> Why are you buying gold? You know, everyone's gonna be like, what are you doing buying some more gold? Are you crazy? Right. Right. So I feel like in India maybe there's this predisposition to understanding scarcity in a little different way when it comes to money and monetary policy and your own personal net worth. Right. You know, I, I don't know the I don't I don't know what reason it is, but everyone understands that what we call the number go up technology in Bitcoin is same as gold. I mean, people in India believe that. Okay? Um a simple example. We got some jewelry during my wedding for my wife, right? From that point until now, in Indian rupees has gone up six times. So in dollar terms, it's not it's not gone anywhere. It's it's up and down somewhere. So that's how much the rupee is depreciated. Well, at the time, to the U.S. dollar was about forty rupees. Okay, now it's seventy five. And it appreciated in dollars. So just imagine what gold did in India. Okay, so then naturally everybody just loves gold. Exactly, you just love gold. Number exactly. it gold has the number go up technology built in when it's in India measured in rupees. Right, but uh, typically what people don't realize is also. Um, uh, when you when you buy jewelry, most of the people do buy jewelry. There's a making component to it, right? If that's too high with all the new designer brands they they get out, then you kind of spent that, right? So yeah, that's it, washed. It's like when I you know I'm wearing a gold chain right now, right? And I Nick and I buy bullion, correct? And so when I look at the price of bullion and right. how much I'm getting for my dollar, right. I'm like, okay, you know what? It's a lot, but I want this gold, and I'm going to make this exchange. And then when I got this gold chain. Mm-hmm. I went to buy the gold chain and I was having this chain made for me and uh, they were telling me the price of it. I'm like, wait a second, how much gold's in that that, yeah. that thing? Yeah, this exactly. is the, the amount of artistry work or the amount of you know human labor required Correct. to make the chain and the cost that I'm putting towards that Correct. just doesn't make any sense. I should just buy straight bullion so that, when it comes to the jewelry aspect of my money being spent as wisely as, wisely as possible. Jewelry doesn't really make as much sense right. because of that. But then, you know, you want maybe me personally, we were just talking before we started recording, me wearing this gold chain is a symbol more than it is I wanted the jewelry. It's a symbol that I know what's going on with the money system. Right. I bought this before I really understood Bitcoin, by the way. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I look at this like, hey, I'm wearing this gold chain because mm-hmm. I know what's going on with you central bankers. And this is sure. my little sign that sure. I'm in the know. As ridiculous as that sounds, no, it, it's I'm not. wearing a gold chain for that reason. No, it's not ridiculous. Well, apart from it looking good, right? Um, yeah, that's right. Well, you, you say it. I like that. <laughs> no, it does look good. Even I wear one. But uh, the, the point is that it shows you understand gold and why. It could be easily anything else. It could be platinum. It could be silver, right? 
why gold, right? We'll, we'll get to the stocks of Floresia and all of that later. But, but uh, Yeah, so let's circle back then to Canada. So it was an eight-month process. It really worked to your benefit to have the education that you and your wife had. Oh, yeah. had. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and the, just the forms and the paperwork, how did that go? Did you just get them off? Did you go to, is there a service in India that you went to to help facilitate this? Or were you just like literally printing off forms off the Canada, uh, government of Canada's website? Like how did that process go? So this is funny. Um, I looked up the CIC website, Citizenship Immigration. Looked like pretty straightforward. I can do everything, right? Um, I racked up all the paperwork and everything. Um, got it ready, and I said, "Okay, I've I'm not I've not done this before. So let me go appoint someone or as a consultant and um, uh, see if it's all right." Um, I did appoint. They did a good job in telling me that it was good and you know where to go and get stuff done, but they screwed it up after. <laughs> so. Um, uh, instead of uploading my son's passport, well, he was really tiny at the time, uh, they uploaded his photograph. And in the first round of, you, once you cross the points threshold, you get an invitation to apply. That's how you go ahead and apply. Because that document was wrong, although we were above the points threshold, we didn't get an invitation. So we had to wait for, and then a couple of months passed because the threshold went up. Right, we lost some time, um, but circling back, they did the other other part uh, of compiling the documents and all of that was pretty straightforward. It took some time. More trouble was I um, I encountered was getting stuff done from the government departments of uh, universities. Let's say, uh, for example, they needed even though we had our mark sheets, they wanted the transcripts attested by the universities for both m- uh, my wife and me. So my that that took uh, in yeah, simple words. So you just went yeah, through the bureaucracy words, it, of the universities and it took a long it, time to get the proper transcript. Just to get a stamp, it took me a I month. I get it. When I, I, I totally get that. When Nick and I brought a property in Croatia, we couldn't understand why we weren't getting it finalized. A year and a half. It took us four years to close on a property in Croatia. That's why I laugh when people make fun of the real estate market here. Mm-hmm. I go, this is the most liquid real estate market maybe in the world. Sure. Because in Croatia, it took us four years. Right. And we paid up for that property cash, not an expensive well, property, yeah. okay? But yeah. we paid for it in cash. So you yeah. would think that's gonna be the easiest transaction. Yeah. It was stuck at a government office mm-hmm. for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And conveniently, we found out that it was sitting on some paperwork until somebody got maybe 100, 150 euros handed right. to them right. until a certain signature would go in a certain place. Right. And because we're, you know, we don't know this is how things are, are, are working. Right. It took us a year and a half to figure that out. Right. So 150 euros, 150 euros later, magically a paperwork gets signed and we're off to the races. So that was a year and a half just waiting on something like that yeah right? so it, so uh, again um, one of the reasons we did when we did the pros and cons between india and canada for for the things we plan to do in the future or you know we'll see how it goes but cutting the red tape and cutting the bureaucracy out of a lot of things uh, that was an easy decision it's it's canada and it's then when you easier. get when you got accepted um well, how does that work are you saying hey we'd like you to move to vancouver we'd like you to move to winnipeg calgary edmonton or, or is it just wide open come so to canada this this was called the express entry right um uh, they will ask you a port of entry you you put whatever you want but you can land anywhere uh, as long as it's not a provincially nominated uh, Got it. If it's not a program designated correct. for that province, you're right. It's called Got PNP, it. I think. That's right. I remember yeah. those programs. Yeah. yeah. Got if it's it. not that, so I had uh, I put Toronto anyway, but uh, we were considering between Vancouver and here. Um, well, we narrowed down here because we knew people here. Sure. You know, through and through. 
Some people here. So then you get on a plane, you come over here, you land with all your documentation. I, when I was a student, mm -hmm. I worked at the uh, airport, the right. old terminal one. It's been since knocked down. It was sure. a horrible little terminal. Right. But I would greet new Canadians ah. and I would get the opportunity to say, welcome to Canada. Oh, wow. And I always, <laughs> and some of the full timers, I thought, so they thought I was crazy. Right. But I just thought this is like a special moment, man. I'm right. like, hey, man. You're <laughs> and, and a lot of them looked so nervous because they were there, you know, it'd be like a husband and wife, maybe right. one small child, right. and totally freaking out nervous. I'm like, hey, you know, welcome to Canada. All I did was stamp it that they had to go to the immigration department because I was the customs officer. Right. And then they went and I, that's that was my whole dealing with them. But I always thought this was kind of like a special moment. Right. We also had some people getting onto flights and they would uh, rip up their passports and documentation because they were trying to flee a country and oh, didn't wow. have the proper pay, paperwork. Huh. They would literally be hiding in the hallways. So oh. after certain flights, you would find people in the hallways wow. and they were declaring refugee status right there and you would bring them into immigration. Right. So kind of the Toronto airport, man, you see a lot of stuff. Right. But that was always to me a special moment and some people just you know the smiles on their faces to sure. come sure. and uh, you just try to want it to make it a bit of a special experience because you're sure. landing in a new country right. so you get on a plane do you land in toronto yeah i, I landed in landed toronto. in toronto you that's go right. through immigration that's probably a yeah. very stressful experience well not so much i mean uh, i don't understand what you mean by stress i don't know just i'm just thinking dealing with the government rohit well <laughs> that's uh, it. if i have to deal with the government it's stressful but you're, well, not, you're not, not at all i mean yeah uh, i mean maybe because we, i've dealt with stuff yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but so no no fine. not at all uh traveling wise I've, I've traveled around but uh canada was one of the uh, airports that everything was pretty quick uh in fact we because we landed during the daytime i think there's a window of time where they take you to another department and you get your sin number and everything there you don't have to go to service canada no way so you walked out you landed yeah. at the airport you walk out with a social insurance number a sin number and a bank account how did you get how how's the bank account so uh cibc has a, a branch right at the exit of which terminal i don't remember okay but, um the best deal i could get now uh, so when we landed my brother my cousin uh, he lives in fremont um san fran uh, he's always uh, been kind of there for us he landed at the same time he said you coming here let me come there i'll set you guys up you know and then a um, couple of days and then i'll be off back to san fran so he was with me we looked at all the things that they were offering us at cibc at that point so you got, you got out of immigration, you get out, you collect your luggage, and then you go right to the CIBC branch that's in the terminal right there. Uh, with um, Get uh, all the, the bank account set up, credit card, um, debit card, obviously. I had some cash deposited into, into the account. Wow. All done. I didn't have to carry cash. And then your first place to stay, friends, family? No. So what I did was, because that was the tricky part, right? I, I had a couple of friends, but it was friends of friends. I've I've not met sure. them. And yeah. I don't want to impose on anyone. So uh, what I did was I did uh, we booked an Airbnb um, from where we were. Turns out that uh, lady was, you know, she she wanted to know who the guest was, and then we we chatted quite a bit. Um, fantastic host. Uh, she was at the time first responder for Toronto Police. I st I'm still in touch with her by the way uh, through Facebook and you know occasional calls in that way. Um, now she's in traffic. Um, if she's hearing, I don't know. Caroline Miller is her name, but fantastically. Awesome. Right? Yeah, yeah. And we were there about a month. Um, she has a house in East York. Um, and her basement was all newly done, renovated for Airbnb purpose, right? Um, you got a barbecue there. You got a hot tub there. 
and just just a wonderful host. Dude, you came to Canada with a hot tub right now? I only got a, I only got a hot tub like six years ago. You're entering the country, landing right into a hot tub. You know, I, I checked for good listings, and so it seemed yeah, seemed yeah, Airbnb right. changing everything. Who knew? Who I know, knew? I know. But so, I, I I do recommend people that when you come into a new country and whoever's coming, do a one one month stay instead of a hotel, which is more expensive. Get an Airbnb. Talk to the host and all of that, because where you want to ultimately live you go and see the place physically and you know the neighborhood you don't want to get into a lease from uh from from the country you're in when you're getting into the country and then figure out okay you've already signed a one year lease and you're not happy with the place so this is the best advice i can give anyone and and i do that to friends and family who want to come in and so then what happens next how's the transition from you landing here and working and that kind of stuff was that difficult finding employment how did that go well my experience was decent because your your experience was in what so i'm a mechanical engineer and you were you had experience in that niche in that niche okay yes I, i've always been in manufacturing so after graduating i worked for um the top engineering company in india at the time and still uh, larson and tubro for a couple of years um after which i went for my higher studies um to um san diego well san diego studies right <laughs> yeah you had a party you had a party and then you got to see san diego and you're like i'll come to I, north america i, know, I think I, north america is amazing you then know you what? land in toronto and you're like oh my, so toronto's not san diego what you know what <laughs> of all what? cities for you to study in san diego i'm telling you that sets the benchmark pretty high do you know where in san diego La Jolla. La Jolla. Yeah, that's so. right. You said that before. So anyone listening to this, if you've not been to La Jolla, La Jolla, I remember walking down the street in La Jolla and, you know, you walk into some restaurants and the backside of these restaurants has the most epic view of the ocean. But it's then you just, walk down to one intersection and I swear the intersection, if I remember correctly, one corner Ferrari dealership, another corner Lamborghini dealership, another corner a Porsche dealership. There was a Bugatti. Is it, I can't remember the fourth. Is there a Bugatti dealership? <laughs> Bugatti dealership, dealership yeah. There. And I remember thinking, who are these people? Such a beautiful place. You know what? And that place doesn't look like North America. It looks like somewhere in Europe. So I, that's know. actually what I told my wife because we had been going to Europe for years. Carol's right. family, my wife's family is from Italy. We have a lot of experience kind of going around Europe. We have the property in Croatia. Mm-hmm. And I'd been all around the US, but I had never been into that part of California before. Just, and when I landed yeah. there and we went to Del Mar, which is just a little bit uh, yeah. north, and I, I was texting Nick back here. I go, Nick, I found the one place in the U.S. that reminds me of Europe. Right. I mean, this section of 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 because I I had been up to San Francisco before working at Oracle, right. and it has a cool vibe. Definitely a definitely very cool city. Like right. up there, I know right now I think they're having quite a lot of problems and stuff, but a cool city. Um, but it didn't have that vibe that that European sure. vibe that I thought the Southern California did. It was amazing. It's uh, La Jolla was fantastic. University, but so, it's no, it doesn't compare to a hot tub in East York, man. <laughs> so you got a hot tub in East York. Why do you need any of that? I'm, t- I'm telling you, man. My, one of my friends, uh, American friends, there in La Jolla, um, he was from New York. He said, "Dude, you got the wrong benchmark, man. You're not going to like North America." What's <laughs> up, <laughs> right? Okay, so you land here. Do you start then? Do you immediately? Are you able to get a job in your field or no? Yes, I was because manufacturing. I think so. That was one of the reasons um, I, we considered Canada. To we did uh, there, the other option was Australia to migrate. Um, it was easier to decide because my line of work, uh, manufacturing, I didn't see too many op- opportunities out in Australia. I'm sure there are. Um, and we knew what North America was like, right? So, um, yes, as soon as it, we came in, it took, I think, a couple of months before I uh, found my first job. Uh, that was not too bad because I've heard of people going for six, seven, eight months uh, without their line of work and do, having to do something else, right? Um, but it, 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 I was prepared for that because we... Um, like I said, you know, we did 
decent back in India and we had the reserves to probably last that much but by god's grace uh, you know we i i found a job in a couple of months good for you man right. good for you and so this is now we're 2021 so you you said you landed then what would that be 2016 17 when was it 2016 2016 no. okay so you have to hear this 2016 uh november 8th and 9th eight night we leave india and that night at 8 o'clock the prime minister announces demonetization of indian notes that's what that's when that was that that's night. when i was taking some of the bills out of circulation or or making them invalid yeah five, that's right yeah, can you share yeah share more 500000 i i withdrew that day uh, some amount so that i can spend at the airport you know um, for any reason i tried to go into a restaurant spend it because it's past 12 o'clock they didn't accept it i had to spend card okay by via card we get to our stopover was at dubai um uh, before we the next leg to toronto no one's ready to exchange the notes not even the so they did that correct. because they just what was that they were trying to push inflation into the system a little bit there no no what they were trying to do is there's a lot of hoarded cash in the system is what the government says and it may be the case as well right so they want they wanted to get rid of all the what they call as black money right uh and get these new uh, notes uh, in so they were they were call, they were they, they were they wanted the money out of storage out of people saving it underneath their mattresses exactly. and into circulation so right. they kind of did want some inflation then yes. they wanted the spending to occur they wanted they, they wanted. wanted to pull all of that out and the way they were able to do that was to say after this date and time these notes are no longer valid correct only canadians i find in americans mm-hmm. don't understand this uh, very well because when i was in croatia just a few right. years ago right. maybe 8 years ago right. there was one of the do- denominations i went to the convenience store to try to buy something with and they're right. like oh that we don't accept that anymore right. yeah exactly and i'm like oh really that one caught me off guard okay i'm just looking i'm like i guess i just rip up this money over here yeah. and i had to have the new version it kind of looked similar but right. you know different faces on the banknote and that kind of stuff right. and that was the new version of it right and over there it's just accepted like that's what happened Th- yeah so th- this was uh, this was not seen the, nothing like this has ever happened in india before at least in my lifetime i'm, I'm sure it's not happened before everything's new to everyone right um in between that, uh, the go- the government tells, okay, you got so so many days. I don't remember the period. You can deposit those in your bank account, and we'll give you new notes. And if you can't tell the source, we'll get you. So when you deposit it, you had to tell them where that money came from. Yeah, I mean, if it's a small amount, no one's going to ask. But people have like <laughs> really uh, tons of cash, right? So really? if you deposit that. Um, so they're saying this is the black market or the gray market or correct. whatever we're calling it, that this is the market that is not government controlled and correct. not taxed. So you're getting this money, e- quote unquote, illegally. illegally. So we are not going to right. honor it, this money in the bank. It mounts to tax evasion, right? Yeah. So, yeah, wow. so that way. The ingenuity of Indian people, okay, masses who don't have cash at all, collect all of them, give them some cash after depositing. And they'll deposit in different accounts for you and get it out, right? So that's what was happening as well. So all of this chaos, it was the 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 economy was stifled for cash flow. Markets came down. Well, I don't know how much, but quite a bit. Markets came down even more. Uh, I was tracking it a bit because in when I was in flight, Trump got elected. 
Holy smokes, yeah. you, you're leaving India, Trump's getting elected here, you're all over the place, dude. I'm telling you. It was but but at that moment, I think India, didn't India put in a digital payment system, um, like a government-issued kind of digital payment system so, into India? Wasn't that that era? Right. It, it, there was like a private were, digital payment system, and then the government one came out or something right. like that? So they were in the process of introducing that. I haven't used it. I think people are now. It's called the Unified Payment Interface. UPM. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I've heard of it. Right. It's kind of like, and and they kind of did an interesting job with it. Like there is an API where you can tie into the government's payment system. It's uh, it's mind blowing what, yeah, what yeah. they've done. So uh, how they control uh, things or how they are going to control things in the future time will tell. But basically, you can move money twenty four seven between accounts at your will by scanning a QR code. So you go into a merchant, even if it's a street vendor, they have QR codes now. So you scan and then money gets deposited. That's it. As long as you have money, that's it. That is. <laughs> yeah, got it. So right? they've, the, built, the, they've built their own kind of like a semi-closed loop system. And if I t if I compare it to Bitcoin being the open source version, correct. the open source global version, right. they've built an Indian-based open source version correct. on new tech, which allows people to make payments like this instead of sitting on a cumbersome, like, because, you know, I, I kind of grew up uh, coming out of the banking industry here. Right. And my first job was as a programmer at Royal Bank. And I had to fix some clipper code right. before the year 2000. And that clipper code at the time, I think it interfaced with some COBOL code and it was my first realization that, oh my gosh, our financial system is still running on some mainframe. This is, you know, and I'm sure it's still the case today right. that our financial system here in Canada is right. running on mainframe COBOL code where right. like it felt like if I had to ask anyone a question on COBOL and some job control language or JCL stuff like to run this stuff, there was like, it felt like there was two or three wise people in the bank that still knew that stuff. Right. And, I've, and I remember thinking then, and, and literally, this would be 1998, uh, so mm -hmm. like 23 years ago or so. I remember thinking back then, like, wow, this system's a little flaky when you see on the insides of it. Yeah. And if they've just layered more and more garbage in to on top of this, we got layers and layers of programming garbage, spaghetti right. code, holding the financial system together. So India basically just almost, it feels like, just wiped the slate clean, the slate clean and said, hey, we're coming up with this new system. Correct. And uh, so... It's the opposite. Well, I wouldn't say opposite. It's the more, it's the regulated version of Bitcoin, let's say. That's right? what it sounds like. Right? So what Bitcoin is, is peer-to-peer, -peer, you don't have any identification. Right? Uh, here, the bank, uh, the, tr the transferring authority or the mechanism identifies the sender and the receiver. Only once it's identified is the, does the transfer occur. So for that reason, they had introduced something called as Aadhaar. That's a digital identity for Every Indian, everyone's supposed to get it. Even I have one now. So they will link that to your bank account through this mechanism and verify it's you sending to someone else. So, and they demonetized. So it's basically, uh, if you have money, the government knows, right? So when you, there's so much more to share with you. So I, I want to come now to your, your journey into Canada here. Mm -hmm. So you get into Canada, you leave at this crazy time, all, you know, North America's going through changes, India's going through changes, you get here. When you get a job, how do you stumble now into, were you always thinking about real estate? I'm just wondering, how did you stumble into Rockstar? <laughs> like, how did you come into, like, you know, well, how does this happen? So were that, you looking into real estate investing in Canada? And, and if you were, why? So um, to address this, I would go back to a few years, right? Um, so after going back, after my studies to India, I was involved in my family business. So we manufacture a lot of turnkey uh, project equipments, capital uh, equipment, capital goods, uh, refining of edible oil uh, and things like that. 
work was um it's it was crazy i've done uh, no holidays for a month i've done 16 hour days i've slept on the shop floor um things like that okay in between all of this somewhere i felt i was not getting the time uh to study what i wanted to actually learn about uh, money let's put it that way it started with warren buffett it started with the intelligent investor security analysis and all of that so i have all the books i wasn't getting time to read any of them so that i said i got to put some time to use what is the time i'm wasting the time i'm wasting is the commute about an hour and a half to and fro so that's like 3 hours uh, okay i said i got to do something about this i started okay let me see how i can use technology now I started with podcasts uh preston one of the first ones i've been listening uh, since 2000 i don't know 14 so good 15 yeah, yeah. started with them delved into other subjects and all of that and that podcast i think the official name of it is, is we study we Billi- study billionaires we study That's billionaires yeah we study billionaires and a couple of others uh, rich dad poor dad uh, robert kiyosaki's podcast not even the book at the time so i got into that habit all these years and that followed here once i started driving in canada um i used to again listen to only podcasts i never got to the books so the first book i said okay something's not things are going status quo i need to change something in what i'm doing or learning for things to change a little bit. So let me let me see what book I can read. So I started with uh Rich Dad Poor Dad. I said this has been when I read that book. This has been in front of my eyes the whole time. I know this stuff. Why am I not even doing it? Doing anything about it? I mean, investing in property is another thing, but I don't even know what to do. Okay? Apart from knowing the theory of it. So I said, okay, let me let me study what the Canadian market is because all of this stuff is for the US. I looked up Irvin's name came up, right? Mr. Hamilton close by. Uh, I got in touch with them and I spoke to Tammy there. I spoke to Tammy one day before uh I signed up for your class here at Rockstar. Again, all through internet and uh technology, right? Um I told Tammy, okay, I know what you guys are doing. I'm really interested in pursuing this stuff, but I'm going for another uh, class tomorrow at Rockstar. Um so let me see what happens there. She knew. Um and you put on the Tom Karadze show. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Cool. So th- what year would that be? Uh 2019. 2019. Yeah. Got so it. two years uh, pretty much, you know, delving into some stocks here and there. I figured it's not working. Uh, still doing the same thing I knew from back in India because I I I made some money in India with, with stocks. um because i knew the local market well uh local companies better it's while I, while you know the big names you typically take a little bit time in understanding uh, the management and mentality and uh, it it never really went anywhere i didn't i didn't make good money or uh, well some money but n- nothing much so i said i think real estate is the thing that works here so let me let me delve into that that's how this happened right i come into rockstar and apart from real estate i see this whole on the wrangle you guys are telling people which are really connected with that's what that's what i've been trying to learn and when i learned more when i try to tell people they're like no what 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 are you talking about i mean there's there is this layer of belief that people are still in now about money the bottom line is cash or money devalues that's why assets go up it's not the other way around 
whether it's gold, Bitcoin, things like the moment you understand that concept, it's your mind, mind blows. <laughs> your mind blows. J- Jim Rickards <laughs> is one of the first people who who put that through through the mechanism of saying the purchasing power of dollar going down versus gold. That's why the go- price of gold, the gold is a bar. It's doing nothing to add value or anything, apart from scarcity, that is. Um, so when you understand that, put it, take real estate for that matter. Your house is a property that you're living in, which gets used and it's getting older. Why should it go up in value? It should be a depreciating asset. It's, it, it is a depreciating <laughs> it's, it's asset. It's built to basically fall down over time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so when, when that depreciates, the only thing holding up value there is the land because that's scarce. So, you know, one thing leads to the other. Here I am, we're talking about this stuff. And I'll confess, I disregarded Bitcoin at, at the start, right? Someone asked me in 2017, are you ever going to buy this? I said, no way, it's speculation. I said it. Same okay. here. Not only, yeah, no, and I said the exact same thing. Not only did I say this is a joke, I said, listen, don't talk to me about this stuff because I have to pay my taxes in Canadian dollars. Right. So if you think I'm going to be able to, like, it sounds cool. Like I almost want to accept your Bitcoin for payment on stuff, but I have to collect taxes and submit HST and payroll taxes right. as a business. So I can't really accept your Bitcoin. It's, 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 and to me, in my mind, the volatility, because I just, I, I had accepted this narrative of like, oh, this is thing so volatile and it's crazy and stuff. Right. I'm like, it, by the time I go to pay my taxes, is it going to be worth one price or a different price? And like, this just can't right. work. Right. I never understood it or looked at it from the store of value yeah. concept. Although I was a huge gold guy right. already, I never connected the dots. Yeah. So I'm like you, completely dismissed it, laughing, like laughing. So exactly. I mean, um, so what? one of the other reasons that changed my outlook was um, in, in, in the previous, uh, well, some part of my previous life, there were things that I adhered to saying, okay, I had prejudged it, saying that this is not going to work. Okay, without even looking into it. So somewhere down the line, when I was doing all this learning about real estate and all of that, I said, okay, by the way, I attended all your classes. Okay, there were many things that I had already dismissed I would never do in real estate if I ever get into, right? I said, before even I try saying no to those, you should at least listen to the other person. Why? Right? That's what happened with Bitcoin too. So I've decided now, before I want to say no, you want to listen to the other person before. I'm telling you, a revelation. You, you got to do that. Because once you do that, sometimes you realize that you are thinking wrong. Otherwise, you, you, you never get to know that. It's exactly why when, when I, I don't think people believe us entirely when I say, listen, we own and operate a real estate brokerage with an amazing team here. Mm-hmm. But real estate to us is a vehicle mm-hmm. to kind of game the money system the way it's set up Mm -hmm. we are not here saying real estate is the best thing since sliced bread we just happen to know that when the money system is set up the way it is that something like real estate benefits you get tax deductions from it it gets appreciation because the money enters the economy first through debt and the most debt goes to the real estate market so it's going to benefit through appreciation the most and when dollars go to one thing first whoever gets access to the capital first typically benefits so for like all these reasons and then you can layer on the cash flow you know the income component which i think is going to be more and more important over the next few years but all of these things it just makes sense and so we're not here to defend real estate. Real estate's almost our stake in the ground against the money system. Exactly. And um, in between studying all this, you know what 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 was the what was the greatest revelation for me 
is how money is created in the system people think the central banks print it doesn't matter if they print because it's it it's ultimately bank reserves it's got to get lent out right so you're your own printing press if you buy real estate <laughs> That when I figured that when I I don't know where it was that I first heard it I don't know but somebody somewhere one book one of these guys I don't know if it was Rickard who said it somebody right. said it when you sign the piece of paper right. to to get that mortgage on a new property correct your signature on that mortgage document creates if you money. creates money right. when I understood that I was creating money right. and I could create money I could go back to the same property and refinance it right and create more money right for myself and my family correct. I thought, why is everybody not doing? Like, well, this is something everybody needs to learn. Correct. So that answered a question: Why inflation is important? Because it's a credit-based system. If it doesn't grow, it collapses. You know, when you put all these, you never know these pieces until you figure it out. The it, game. It's like it's a. You're in the matrix. It's like a whole other world opens up to you. You know, you've learned the game. Now you're confident that any step you take. at least you're playing with the with the knowledge of the game right it it just equips you better so that realization came to you through this period of 2000 then like uh 14 14 15? to 15 and then developed further and further, further. to the present day correct it started with stocks it started with stocks learning how to invest in stocks uh, i went to the extent of i so i made a decent amount of money back in india in a company which lent money against gold <laughs> because at that point i realized this credit system is going to collapse uh, at some point i don't know when but at that time price of gold is going to rise and the company seemed decent and i started buying that when it was in 2015 when it was about 20 rupees i bought it all the way up to 100 averaged at 50 sold out at 150 good for you i mean uh, that was bulk of my uh, savings back then Uh, and we we used it uh, in quite a decent manner after coming to Canada well we got the property so so then when you so then now you have your own property here in Canada yes we we yeah. we have our own house in Oakville now yeah that that's really cool i mean congratulations on that Thanks. because rohit for you to go through that journey this is where i think i'm so lucky to be born here because and and i tell everybody i tell all my friends who are born here i say right. that We have, are so fortunate that we live in a place where so, some amazing people like Rohit and his family, they're going to choose to get up and get on a plane and take the belongings that they have right. and leave right. and come here. Right. Do you understand what that means? Like the opportunity must be here. And if you don't see it, you're right. missing it. And this is where I think sometimes I find Canadians who are born here, right. they're some, they're some of our hardest sells on the value of owning a piece of real estate here never mind the monetary policy argument that you and I are talking about sure. just the fact that hey there's a population boom happening in this area sure. and we happen to live in the economic center of a country right. that although it's large in land it is centered in different communities like Toronto right. and it's small in population living next to the biggest economy still in the world right. US has its problems there's no doubt but it still is the economic engine that it is right now we happen to be a small population base living right next to it so we get right. that ripple over benefit from right. from that and everybody's coming into this area right. you don't have to be a rocket scientist even no 
to figure I'll buy a property here for 20% down. Correct. We have another new member from Mumbai. Uh, he's a business owner there. Mm-hmm. He came here. Uh, I wish you guys knew each other, but mm-hmm. but maybe at some point you'll cross paths here sure. at Rockstar. But he was saying, Tom, I have a business uh, in, in, back in Mumbai and the properties I was looking at to make them kind of work on a cash flow side, I would have to put 80% down or, or something uh, it, like that. It's to, to make Mumbai work on a cash flow basis, uh, it's really difficult. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I can't make so, it work. So he said when he came here mm-hmm. and he, he was working with, he's working with uh, Mike on our team here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, Mike introduced me to a place called St. Catharines. Right. <laughs> and he said, in this place, St. Catharines, you could buy a property for 20% down right. and you could, you know, break even or make some cash flow if I duplex it or something. My, right. His mind was blown. See, the, he was, he was, so I, I feel like when I tell my friends who are still, yeah, should I buy a property or not buy a property? I'm like, do you understand? <laughs> I'm telling you because see the the moment you think you want eighty percent down on a property to make it work, yeah, the advantage of real estate is gone because leverage goes away, right? Um, to put that in perspective, for, for example, my property that I sold back in Mumbai, right? Um, if I rent it out, I would get one third the income of my mortgage. Do you understand? Yeah. So wow. Yeah. yeah. That yeah, so there, there's no invest so so investment real estate there for the typical you know, Indian is not, uh, it's not something people really look at. No, they, they do look at, but, um, um, so they consider the house they buy for themselves as investment. Well, it's, it's typically not an investment because it's a, a liability on your side, asset on the bank side. Right. Um, but over time, because of inflation being so high in India, right, it works out. So simple example, two examples. Um, my parents paid for my education. Um, that I completed my master's in the U.S. At the time, my f- father was facing a decision. Should we complete your education without uh, a student loan or should we get this property? Okay. <laughs> so he said, he, he, good father, he did the right thing. He made the right choice. He, yeah. he made the right choice at the time was our education, right? When You know how much that property went up by from there to about eight years? Oh, jeez. Ten times. Oh, Wow. 10 times. Okay, so so people are looking at it as an investment because when it's going up that much in value, it has the number go up technology Number go up technology yeah, yeah, yeah. inside. He, he made a house for, my father made a house for himself in our native place in Kerala uh, in 2006. Um, he sold it last year. Four and a half times. Four and a half times. So that's the kind of number that you're talking about. So... Yes, people do look yeah, at real estate. It. So you look at it completely differently. When it's going up that much in price, yeah, you're looking at it as an investment, anything you can get. You're right. not really looking. It's almost, I almost feel like the fact that we can look at something and, and leverage it to the point that we can smartly. I'm not right. saying leverage sure. incorrectly or anything, sure. but I mean, if you can do it smartly and you can get income to cover the costs of exactly. that leverage, yeah. it's so ridiculous that you're you, we have that opportunity here. I, it's crazy. I, I'm thinking, why wasn't I in Canada at the time of 5% down? <laughs> oh, let me tell you, if Nick and I had more, everyone asks us like, why did you guys help people? Why did you not buy more property? I'm like, well, you run out of money. Yeah. Like you just can't, you, we're, we, it's not like we were born into money or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But I remember those days of when it, when it dropped, there was a time here and it's around 2006 when it dropped to 0% down. Mm-hmm. And during that time, there was about a two year period. Nick and I were able to buy properties. You could get 0% down and we were negotiating for the sellers to pay our closing costs, which meant land transfer fees and legal oh, disclosure. Wow closed on the offer and shown to the banks like everything above board wow so we were but we were helping investors 
at that point. And I still, you're not going to believe this. I still had to convince some Canadians right. at 0% down and land transfer and legal paid by the seller to buy that the this was a this is a good thing and it was cash flowing positive did you ever think you would see no, this no i would never th- no i know to <laughs> see the prices go up this much trust me rockstar may have never been born because nick and i would have just scrapped together every five dollars we could to buy another property and I, pour everything into it you know I, i believe rockstar is the product of you investigating all of this and understanding how money works I'm telling you. Yeah, it, yeah. no, it, it, you, and you're 100% right. It, 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 it to us. Listen, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. I feel like I don't know when that book came out. To me in my mind I read it around 1999. I don't know if that's an accurate memory because I don't know sure. when that book came out. Yeah, Maybe it came it's out been in 2000. Forever, yeah. yeah, I feel like I read it around that time. This is when my mind started exploding and I I went down the path of like why am I going to work for the rest of my life here if I if if assets are the way to go right. and it put me on this path that although my income was going higher and higher it, I looked around and not only was my income going up and it was going up actually tremendously because I was in the software industry and I was getting the benefit from that but I felt like my freedom was getting denied because if I asked for two weeks vacation like correct. two weeks in a row correct. there was always the threat that your accounts that you were going to service may be lost to somebody else correct. and I thought wait a second I'm pushing my heart and my soul into this company mm-hmm. I can't get two weeks vacation in a row to mm-hmm. go do something I have to live under the threat Right. that my income my livelihood for my family in this company is going to be taken away and given to somebody else right i work 50 weeks of the year and this two weeks is going to go right. and so then understanding how money works not to the extent i understand it now right. but understanding that real estate offered some other solutions right. we started buying some rental properties and i remember i literally remember driving from oakville mm-hmm. to mississauga mm-hmm. to that now i was working at netsuite i wasn't at oracle anymore mm-hmm. and i was sitting next to a guy he was in this seat and i said why am i driving this way in traffic bumper to bumper traffic right. but the highway going to hamilton where nick and i already owned rental properties right. wide open free and clear <laughs> no traffic and right. those properties that nick and i bought cash flowing cash some flowing, of them yeah. 1800 dollars a month wow If you could believe it, student rentals, those were some sure, student rentals. Sure. Uh, $1800 a month temp- temporary we refinanced it, pulled it out. It wasn't always 1800. Right. But I remember thinking, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm driving this way yeah. and in my life, I don't know if you've ever read one of the personal development books I read. There's a quote, I wish I could remember who this quote said this quote, but basically the the, sum- the summation of it is if you're doing every, you know, if you're if you're doing what the masses do or or or, or the way to do know you're doing the right thing is to do the opposite of the masses. Yeah. yeah. And I remember thinking I'm the wrong I'm on the wrong side of the highway here. Correct. I got to be going the other way. Right. And no one's going the other way. Right. It's free and clear. Yep. And to me that's what, what why Rockstar was born because I could not live yeah. in the corporate world that I was in knowing what I knew. And you know when you say the number goes up with your salary and all of that um what I figured out is an illusion because when you understand the concept of nominal versus real you think you might be getting a 20% raise means nothing. 20% by the way is a huge number but i'm not saying that you won't but anyone getting that have you seen the money supply grow and for the past decade 20% is nothing well i don't know i think we've discussed this people listening to this should go and check out the website wtf happened 1971 charts tell you the story Those guys do a great job because they they basically website. put up all these charts on what happened after the after gold uh President Nixon closed the gold window 
And when gold wasn't backing the U.S. currency at all anymore, just what happens in the world? And they put up all these ridiculous charts. They're not. They're actually all true. I'm just saying they're ridiculous because they're stunning exactly. when you see them exactly. on the separation of things like assets and income right. and everything that went haywire from 1971 on. Right. That, so, that was when I think the petrodollar was born, right? That's the birth yeah. of the petrodollar system. Yeah. We were just talking about Lynn Alden earlier. Right. Lynn Alden, if you're not following Lynn Alden on Twitter, mm -hmm. follow freaking Lynn Alden. If you are interested in monetary policy at all, economics, global monetary policy right. you follow lynn alden on twitter Absolutely. she is a gem yep. holy smokes yeah i mean uh, to have that kind of clarity and um she always has something different from the other macroeconomists i speak right and she makes sense um it, we, it's just it's just refreshing to hear it, it, it's it, you know what's so refreshing also is we've been giving this little ec rockstar economic update f since 2008 because right. to us in 2008 was where we transitioned from real estate is a good way for us to make money for us and our family and we can help other people's and it other people and it is something that we strongly believe in and right. we really feel this is the way right but in 2008 we started our deep dive into the money system right and that's what blew our mind and f and it really forced us to give this economic update that we have no business giving. Correct. You know, we're, I'm not an economist. Sure. But but when you learn this stuff right. and you see how the money system is built and you start and we and we've shared that now, you know, for, it's been 12 years we've done this and it's grown. I looked back at one of the first economic updates that we've given here was like 20 slides. Right. Now they're like 140 slides and they do all this thing. But the beauty of 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 Twitter and some of this global connectivity. Correct is now we have all of us learning in real times. I can share something, Rohit can share something, Lynn Alden can share something. You know, uh, Tom, when we speak about Twitter, it's been a revelation. I I had an account, I opened an account back in 2000, whenever it started, never did anything until COVID hit, right? If you have the right following, and if you follow the right, you, have, you gotta filter out the noise. If you follow the right people, you get world-class knowledge for free. And you're aware, more aware about Things you want to know, uh, things you want to follow, of how what the government is trying to do, what whether it's for good or for bad, uh, I'm not going to say, but uh, you're just more aware. What was the moment for 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 you? So we, you know, we talked a little bit about you stumbling into Rockstar and getting exposed to some of the stuff here. Mm -hmm. What was the moment into Bitcoin for you? Was it also 2020 for you? Well, exact same timing as you. I was heard, it? Yeah. yeah. So me, for me, is was, was March 2020. Right. Just this during this COVID era and having my freak out moment. Right. So, so same time frame. What started that was I had planned in investing some amount in gold and silver. Okay. Gold was always the pick. But for silver, I decided I'm going to wait for the chart breakout. So I learned technical analysis. I'll come back to how and why. Um, that's through t uh, introduction with theta trading, right? Um, but when when I saw what's, what was happening in the gold market and the silver market, I said, yeah, I got to buy some stuff. And I piled on. The premiums were there because of the uh, shortage in supply chain disruptions and all of that. But uh, I shared my sources again uh, where, where you could get for lower premiums. But... I wa I've got some in my TFSA and logged it up. And at that point, Raul Pal was the guy who was talking about Bitcoin. I watched Real Vision, right? I said, okay, I have disregarded it, but these people keep talking about it and you should get some. What, what is it? I, I want to understand. So Preston's audio with someone spoke about the stock to flow model. When you look at Can that- Can you describe the stock to flow model for so, anyone who's not familiar? So what the stock to flow model says is, what is, whatever the current let's let's take gold for instance whatever the current stock of gold is in the world if you divided it by the flow in a particular in one year that's a ratio you have as a number so for gold it's 55 56 thereabouts so that means 
you would take 55 years to mine all the gold that's currently in stock, right? So it has a, a high stock and a low flow. Correct. High stock and low flow uh, gives you the scarcity premium uh, to an asset. Um, same goes for silver. It has a lower stock to flow, it, hence it's valued lower. It's at 22 thereabouts. Uh, when you see the stock to flow model by plan B, you see why real estate is where it is. It has a stock to flow of 100. And describe who plan, plan B is. So, just so plan, plan B is an anonymous Dutch person, I think, right? He's Dutch. Um, he um, he works in finance. I don't know what he does, but... Very articulate. Very articulate and very precise with what he wants to say with that model. So, Nicholas Nassim Taleb, right? He said, I don't know what he said exactly, but he said, all model, models eventually fail. None of them work. Right. Okay, I'm not banking on it to work, but if you see the regression analysis on that, on the stock to flow model, it's it's unnatural. It's almost as if the straight line's passing through everything. Right. So anyone wanting to check out Bitcoin, gold, silver, please look at the stock to flow model by Plan B. I'm just checking out. It looks like the URL to get to his articles to describe. So to to get into deep to what Rohit's talking about here, if you just go to Plan B tc.com that right. takes you to his articles right so plan btc.com will take you to the stock to flow analysis he's done with right. the regression analysis correct against other asset classes correct it that, just blows your mind yeah when you that's see it. the newer model that's a cross cross asset flow model that he has um so there are many criticisms also for that model and I'm, I'm not debating that but and i don't even think he thinks it's a perfect model right he's just using it as a model to do some analysis and almost throwing it out there to see if it works or not right so what what i've seen from this is it is right now working as a self-fulfilling prophecy, let's say, right? If you see how the Bitcoin is picked up after the May halving, it was crazy. And when I understood what Bitcoin was about it being a deflationary asset and uh, all of those, uh, so any, anyone wanting to learn more, more please read um, uh, The Bitcoin Standard by Sefidin Amos. It will summarize everything for you, starting from what money is to what Bitcoin is, right? Um, so I read that did my own research apart from Preston saying that he was all in right and he said the moment so I got laid on to Preston I didn't know he was saying that as well I wasn't following his podcast at that time no he was talking to someone not not even podcast he was talking to someone I came across the audio and he was talking to someone else so that person asked him what would uh, cause you to not believe in Bitcoin or leave it aside he said the moment it stops flow uh, following that model or it breaks away from that model I'll probably get out of it right and that's the, the crazy part on that model, just to pick up on what you're saying there, mm -hmm. is that I didn't believe that model could hold, but I, 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 I understood why I liked gold. And then I like studying economic history. Mm -hmm. So to me, I understood why people, you know, there, there's functions of money, but then there's also characteristics of why people choose money. Right. And all the characteristics of why gold was chosen, saleability across time, saleability across space, all these Correct. things. I, the more I looked at Bitcoin, I thought, oh, wait a second, this thing does it just as good as gold? And may, maybe if I like, you know, kind right. of when you're shaking your head a little bit, like right. maybe it does it even, so, even better. And then to, for, so I was kind of buying it as like a, a, a new gold. I didn't look at the stock to flow model until after I was sold on it. Then when I looked at the stock to flow model, right. I was thinking this is not going to be accurate at all. But then you look at the last six months of what happened exactly after so, the having. Right. Right. So what, when I saw that model, uh, it just blew my mind. I said, okay, the the slightest chance it can go to these numbers, which says May is coming. I, I was reading it then at March, Mar end of March, April, right? 
I I devoted my one month just to understand what it is, because I ended up buying a wallet in that month. I said I, I don't know. I'll sell it back if I don't use it or whatever. You gotta act now. There's no point otherwise, right? Best decision I've made. At least time will tell going forward. But once you start learning, and if you come in it for the numbers, you stay in it for the uh, principles. That's what's happening. That is really what's happening. It's interesting because I was having a conversation with my son on, on on some of this stuff, and we were just commenting on our own human behavior, and that once you understand that your savings potentially could go up in value, mm -hmm. you become a better saver. You morally become a better saver. I cannot stress enough of how much people need to read the Bitcoin standard, right? I talk to friends and family. I've spoken to tons of people about trying to explain what it is about. And trying to tell them, learn for yourself. Don't buy it because I'm saying to buy it, right? Don't buy based on the price today, please. And that's what I feel like people, exactly. some people look at like, oh, I'm going to buy it. The price is going up. And right. I think it has a long road potentially to go. Right. And and I think you probably think the same thing. Right. But but to buy it for those reasons alone is weak. Right. Whenever I buy stuff for that, I always sell it for the wrong reasons. When you buy something for the wrong reasons, uh, the right reasons, Correct. you are in for the the long haul and for the right reasons as well. So You're, here's 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 a, here's a saying, right? You can al always borrow uh, investing ideas. You can never borrow the conviction for it. So learn what it is. Understand and, you know, you satisfy yourself. Don't buy it because the number's going up. Well, it, it will do with any investment if you understand it. And you have the conviction to hold through it, right? We're, so the I want to ask you a bit more stuff um, um, here. The uh, so the Bitcoin Standard would be a great resource. Plan B's Twitter account definitely worth following. If you just search Plan B mm -hmm. on Twitter, you will find him. His actual Twitter handle since we're, since we're talking about it, I might as well tell everyone it's at, at one one hundred trillion <laughs> USD. USD. <laughs> at one hundred trillion USD. That's what that's what he, he says. He actually that. says one, if if this thing ever and this is going to sound ridiculous if it ever hits a hundred thousand. I know how this ridiculous this could sound that he's actually going silent on that's. It. He's right. pulling himself off Twitter, right. and he's done. Um, but it'll be interesting to see uh, to, to to see what happens. But the Bitcoin I, standard is a great read. I I, I want to ask you about um, Phenom and it, you know right. your, your your health and that kind of stuff. Right? Why? So Phenom, just everyone everyone knows Phenom High Performance Medicine or HPM. Doctor Cowan's been on here multiple times. Right. And it's just a little bit maybe of a selfish indulgence on, on Nick's part and my part because right. we think that like if you don't have your health and stuff, what are we do? What are we doing all this right. stuff for? Right. So w w why you mentioned them briefly to me? Why I did because um, so uh, like I said, once I joined Rockstar, I didn't miss one of your classes. I've taken all of them, just so that you know before saying no to anything, I just wanted to see what 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 was out there. And uh, typically, we've been uh, you know. Um, I, eating habits in the family has been decent it's not that we um, consume a lot of junk or things like that you have your um, occasions and all of that but we said okay let's let's go and consult them you know quite quite clearly you've benefited you've um, spoken i've um, uh, heard their podcast as well um, so we met uh, dr leah uh, michon wonderful lady um, and we went through a couple of tests where we understood what food sensitivities we had it is not allergies. It's typically sensitivities. There are things that I've eaten all my life and I'm sensitive to that, right? No wonder I felt like this after I ate it. So once we, so the easy part was the, was the testing. We finished the testing. The more difficult part was to fine tune those ingredients in what we eat, right? And it takes some discipline. 
so we were committed as a family we did that i shed 20 pounds i, I mean there was workout and everything and all, all everything involved i'm i'm back up after the holiday season with the weight but uh, normal we are, we all are we all are <laughs> but i shed a lot of weight uh, my wife's benefited immensely in in her health uh, most of all my my little one he we found out was the most sensitive to food uh, in terms of ingredients uh, he's a good kid he listens to what what, we what, what were some of his sensitivities oh almost everything actually he can um, you know uh, many nuts um uh, he he cannot eat rice that we typically consume he cannot wow, eat rice. gluten he cannot have dairy and you've noticed a difference in him because for for Aiden our son uh for after he was born for four years he had like a runny nose right. just a mildly runny nose and every doctor was telling us well now that he's a bit older you know i think at this point he was six and it was still happening just you have to give him um allergy medicine for the rest of his life right and we were like what are you, what are you talking about and we, we we took him to a naturopathic doctor who said hey just why don't you just try pulling gluten from his diet correct and it, his nose cleared up so that, and now we can test it immediately if he eats some some gluten right. he gets a stuffing and he can handle it it's not the end of the world or correct. anything but correct. if he doesn't his nasal passage everything's completely clear so that's where we are now so um that's exactly what happened we cut out all these ingredients and you know we still have as adults have a lot more options to eat what we can eat my son i feel feel for him sometimes because he he cannot have the stuff he likes but he is a good kid he listens to what we have to say and he understands most of all he's just five but he understands that it affects him the moment we switched all of that in school the teachers noticed a difference he's been more active um a huge difference in his activity levels and a lot of it a lot of it why just him uh, for me my wife we're more alert we're fresher in the mornings it just uh, your life's better okay cutting out a lot of things we we still indulge in some uh, some things that we are sensitive to during the holidays you know you still can um but the moment you realize you cut out all those things and this is the way you feel it's worth the sacrifice and anyone wanting to try this out i'd say just give it a go if you don't like it don't like it right that's fine if you can stay with it if you once you've realized that you feel much more normal much how do i put it it's just a new revelation it's just a new revelation so, yeah i feel like it's it's made me more aware of of my 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 own body as ridiculous as this sounds right. that once you feel good for a certain amount of time Correct. when you don't feel good y- you like realize it, it. Whereas realize. before i think i was walking around in just a state of not goodness right. you know where i just really wasn't feeling my optimal self right. and i'm not walking around like in an optimal state at all times here right. by any means right. but i know what that feels like right. and when you have that benchmark to measure against right. when you're not feeling that way right. you can readjust to get yourself closer to that again. Exactly. And what what happens is so we're early risers typically because we start our day early at work and everything. But you never snooze. You're just up fresh. You don't need a lot of coffee. My afternoon naps when you know that drowsy period I used to always have in the afternoon exactly. just absolutely disappeared for me. Your energy levels are so high that you know you get the proper proper amount of tiredness to go to bed at night. Uh, things like that. So Uh, we're still in consultation with uh, Dr. Leah uh, every now and then but yeah it's a lifelong journey but now you correct. have some of the guidance correct and i know correct. we're, we're going to we're going to have to wrap soon but i know there's more to talk about this <laughs> we're going to have to bring you back rohit cuz this is great i really appreciate you sharing wow. this yeah. but now you are doing some uh, some of your own side hustle as well you're doing some options trading right and that's been a whole new world for you to explore huge new world and i i i recommend people to at least learn if not do it the reason i say that is um and i'll talk about how i came across all of this So 
people look at earnings people look at fundamentals and all of that's good but that's not what moves market stan druckenmiller one of the billionaires he said watch the central banks watch the money flows the moment you figure that out fundamentals are only part of it huge statement huge statement and even in this overvalued market as people would call it why is it not going down anyone quite people pull out all the numbers oh it's like the tech bubble of 2000s okay it matches the numbers but we are 20 years in the future there's so much more money in the system have you compared the money supply to what's happening right so you can apply that same thing to real estate because people will look at us right. especially people who've lived here their right. whole lives they say tom this price doesn't make sense i'm like hey i'm not here to argue that Correct. we can argue that all day long what's right and how much the lumber should cost or not cost to rebuild this sure. house it took me a long time to understand that monetary policy Right. trumps your fundamentals doesn't and i'm not correct. even agreeing i'm not even saying this is proper correct you know i'm into gold and bitcoin so of course i'm not agreeing with that right. kind of stuff but i'm saying you're not looking at it through the proper context correct so you you're not looking into these things to agree to it you're looking into these things to position your portfolio whether it's real estate stocks whatever it is right when you understand that you you change the the way you want to invest in stocks okay and then i came across two great gentlemen uh, omar and matthew okay again that was through irvin um uh, we were attended the um, uh, wealth hacker event where you and nick was also this spoke. the 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 grant cardone the grant cardone one right that's that's the one so me and my wife both we attended that um, she loved both of you uh, the way you spoke about how to build a business right we still have photographs of the slides that you presented there um and uh, omar and matthew came so they had when they were explaining the stuff i don't know if you were still I there i said we spoke and took off i left right so they had the same uh, genuine intention when they speak same as you guys and it comes across when you talk right so the course was expensive it didn't matter because what they are teaching i had looked into it previously it was selling puts okay and we'll get into that probably sometime later but uh, I didn't do it personally only because I didn't see anyone make wealth out of it okay Warren Buffett does it all the time but he is an institutional grade investor right so he has the connections and maybe the know how to do it so I'd never delved into it when he said selling puts it caught my attention I said okay I've come across because this is an income generating strategy um and they have been doing it for a good part of two decades now right themselves they've learned it the hard way now what they're teaching is so my wife took the course they 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 put together a framework okay come what may you don't deviate from that because you'll lose your portfolio you you do that and you'll make well i don't want to give numbers and promises but conservatively i think 20% cagr is easy right as long as you are in that framework there are people there are students doing 40 and 50 but that's in a good year no no one's to say the next year is going to be the same right when you combine that strategy with the know-how of what Stan Druckenmiller said it's just it's a third income if you have the the capital for it now when i say 20% you can back up and how long have you been doing this now so i i started last year it's been one year now okay 
It, there's been ups and downs. The March crash was crazy. Okay. Yeah, was that, that a good one? I traded off. So I did option, not this particular strategy, mm -hmm. for two years back in like 2004 or five or 2003 right. or four. Right. And for me, I, I just resonate when you say you have to follow the mo your models exactly because right. I had my own models right. that I was following and I was trained by somebody. Right. And my emotions were just, you know, always when Correct. you had to sell, Correct. I would always say to myself the most ridiculous things like, well, I know you're supposed to sell right now, but this is clearly going in the right direction for a little longer. So I'm just going to hold on for another right. day. So that's exactly what happens, Tom. And you're not the only person. Happened happened to me. Uh, the, it, so you're, you're, it, it's, it's more just the emotional control of the market. It's part of the reason, by the way, right. I like real estate. Right. Because the, Nick and I have had prob problems with different properties, as every real estate investor will always right. have. Right. And we've, we've said these words to each other, sell it. Right. Just get that property and sell that freaking piece <laughs> of garbage property. And right. thankfully, it's not quite as liquid. Right. So the next day you wake up or two days go by and right. things calm down a little bit and you keep it and you're grateful you kept it. Correct. So that's kind of why that works for so me. That, see, that's what happens in the stock market. People get emotional and because it's liquid, you can just sell out of it, right? So what what they harp on in the strategy, keyword, one of the words is emotionless. So when you do, there's a fixed set of rules. You follow that. These are the stocks. You do that, doesn't matter what happens. You're doing that. That's it. It took me a couple of months to realize it. I did my own mistakes in the because you made easy money at the start. Then you lost a bit of money because you didn't follow that, right? Um, but that was my my bad because I didn't follow it. Had had I did what they said, it would you, have worked. It would have worked. It's good to do that, right? One thing leads to the other. Okay. With a decent set of capital. It's almost a third income I'm generating now, let's say, if not a third, at least a good part of that. Um, and then one of the webinars. Uh, so th what is also advantageous with theta trading is that you have a community in Facebook. People help each other out. It's so, it's wonderful because then you have you get ideas and then you get to be emotionless because then you, you're sharing, you're discussing. And they have regular coaching calls. So one of the coach, well, one of the webinars, actually, my wife was attending and they were looking for someone uh, to generate newsletters and, uh, you know, be a part of the... She gets in touch with Omar and Matthew because she's that's what she did back in India. She was in equities and commodities as a research analyst. She used to track base metals, precious metals, crude, uh, some equities, and she did report writing uh, there. They liked her articles, and next thing I know, she's working with Tita. So <laughs> it's been it's been your a journey to Canada. Your family's <laughs> journey to Canada is coming full circle. It's coming it's full circle. It's beautiful to see. <laughs> it's coming full circle. And uh, uh, we, have, Rohit, I have to. We have to wrap here. I I'm have sure. to. I have to go. You know what? Um, so we've gone long. There's so we're gonna have to bring you back <laughs> to expand on your journey. Here. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I. Uh, you know, I just I, want to say something. Mm -hmm. something. You mm -hmm. didn't need to come in and, and share this. You know, I, I really was curious and I wanted you to share your story because I truly believe right. that when we have people like you who come to this country, right. we all benefit. Sure. And you're willing to come here, take right. the risk of coming to a new country. Right. Right, country. You, your wife, your son. Right. And, and, and you're going to work when you get here and contribute right. when you get here. Right. It makes this place better for all of us. Absolutely. And, and I feel grateful to be born here. And the advantage that I have is my network might be a little larger than yours to sure. begin with because I went to school here and, now, sure. and my parents didn't have that. Sure. And I can see the benefit of that. Sure. So I just want you to know as, as a rock star continues to evolve and grow, our network is your network. And oh. anyone listening to this, just so that you know, if you're stuck somewhere, that's what we're trying to do. You know, Bring can, good people together. And it comes across uh, that way, um, Tom, uh, because... What you're putting out there, I haven't heard one person or one entity or one organization teach people what you're saying 
I've been trying to tell this to people. Some understand, some don't. Like I said, I was trying to, uh, you know, b- tell people what Bitcoin is. Of all hundreds of people I've said, two people have bought, okay, after understanding. So it's, it, it needs a good push. And, and, and thank you for, for saying that. And we don't try to come across like we have all the answers, by the Correct. way. We're just trying to share with everyone what the way we see things and right. what we is working for us and maybe not working for us right. and our own limitations on stuff. Right. So for you to come on and share this story right. of your journey and what you're doing and not doing, right. it's valuable, huge value. No, I, I'm, whatever I can do in my capacity um, to teach people what has benefited me or at least to let them know that, you know, nudge yourself in this direction, maybe that direction. Happy to do any time for Tom. Yeah, thank you. We'll definitely bring you back and, and, and <laughs> chat more. I feel like there's more, way more we haven't even got into. We I, haven't scratched the surface here. Your Twitter, what's the best? Can someone reach out to you on Twitter maybe? Or well, it, um, you can, uh, my handle is at RohitNair24. That is at R-O-H-I-T-N-A-I-R 24. Um, and we'll link Twitter. to it in the show notes if you're listening to this at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash podcast right on this episode we will link to Rohit's Twitter handle so if you don't if you don't remember it right. go to that URL right. rockstarinnercircle.com right. forward slash podcast find this episode and the link to your Twitter handle will be there you know and, and in, a, um, in any capacity I can help anyone regarding anything just like you know I'm always open totally appreciate <laughs> that thank you for doing this thank you thank you for giving me the opportunity Hey everyone, it's Tom Kratz again. So hopefully you enjoyed that episode with Rohit. And if you are listening to this and you want some additional real estate information, you can get the population report where we put some of the fundamentals of the population growth story down on paper. And you can get that at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. That's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms.